On the show today, we will be discussing Elon Musk's Neuralink and transhumanism. And we think our Bible topic this week lines up perfectly with this discussion on Neuralink. We are going to forego any other news topics this week, even foregoing discussing Chick-fil-A's descent into D.I.E. and Iowa proving to be a great state for parental rights and rejecting LGBTQ grooming of children. There just isn't enough time. So all right, let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. It's my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. And we are very grateful that you're joining us today. If you're new here, uh, we don't want to try to fool anybody with our name. Uh, we ourselves like to think we're very Christian, very religious folks. Uh, but the world, and especially the country that we live in, is not. And that is, at least in part, is where the name comes from. Um, if you want to know where the rest of the name comes from, you're going to have to go and listen to one of our first three episodes. <laughs> it's on the channel somewhere. Um, but we're going to try to do today what we always try to do. Take a look at the world around us, news, and figure out how a Christian should process it all, mm -hmm. digest it all, and um, live in this world with our eyes fixed on Christ. So hopefully we can do that today. <clears throat> um as Nikki said, we don't have many topics, really just one. We're talking about Elon Musk and Neuralink, and um, we think these are important topics to discuss. Uh, I did want to get into Chick-fil-A, <laughs> breaking my heart, uh, but just isn't time. So we're just going to stick to the one story. But before we get to it, um, is there anything you'd like to say, prayer request, anything of that sort? Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, but I always have prayer requests for my uncle. Um, it's a good report. Um, he was doing better and not needing his walker. Um, just overall seemed to be in better health. So thank you, those who have been praying for him. Um, yeah, praise God for, I want him to live longer and I want him to... <laughs> Believe the gospel. Yeah, live Be long saved. enough to get saved. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll mention um, not necessarily a prayer request or praise report, but it's something I've wanted to mention for the last few weeks and I forgot. But if you've listened to our show for a time and you notice that the intro music has changed, um, that's because one of my sons has kind of started dabbling with putting music together. He's not really creating music so much as just kind of using loop packs and stuff like that. So I told him, hey, if you put something together that's reasonable, we'll use it for the podcast. And that's what he put together. So that's what we're using. And uh, if he puts together more stuff that I don't hate, then we'll use that too. <laughs> so just kind of nice, finally getting one of the boys to do something worthwhile for the show. And that's a blessing. But as far as prayer requests go, I'll say I have two. Uh, the first one is kind of a bit uh, serious for Nikki and I. Uh, ever since we've moved from our home in Florida about two and a half months ago, we have been constantly fighting with the previous rental management company because they've basically just like taken our $2,000 security deposit and they just kind of refuse to give it back to us, which is bizarre. Mm -hmm. Yet that's the road they're going down. So we're just trying to get that situated. 
Uh, so just pray that this would be resolved here shortly. Um, we're not overly wealthy and $2,000 goes a long way and we'd like to have it back. So just pray for us there. And then the last prayer request, I don't know if it's true or even worth praying about, but I saw a headline and I figured I'd mention it to you guys. Uh, Jamie Foxx, if you guys are familiar with the actor, Jamie Foxx, um, I know him most notably from the Jamie Foxx show, which I grew up watching, enjoyed greatly. Uh, but I just saw a headline again, don't know if it's true that he's basically paralyzed on half of his body, blind and like brain damaged. Um, what happened? Well, it's a experimental medical trial that you're not allowed to name anymore. Uh, supposedly, just the headline I saw. So don't know if it's true. If you guys know if it's true or false, let us know. But just pray for him. I've been hearing for months now that he's in bad physical shape. Don't know him other than I know of him. So uh, pray that he would, I guess, uh, be granted he healing but more so, I don't know his spiritual state. So if he's on death's door, uh, pray that the Lord would reach him and he would give his heart to him with whatever capacity he has left. Um, so don't know, just saw that right before we started recording. And I thought, well, there's something to pray for. So yep. Jamie Foxx. But all right, let's get some of our plugs out of the way here. You guys know that we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. Uh, great spot to go find about 50 to 60 indie podcasters. And uh, this show here, Theology Throwdown, we've mentioned a handful of times on uh, our podcast here. They do monthly sort of throwdowns with all the podcasters are invited. Uh, it just depends on who's going to show up for the week. And um, I think this coming Monday, they do it like the first Monday of the month, I believe. And this month, from what I gather, they're going to be having a theology throwdown on the different views of the end times, um, their end times philosophies. So that could be a good listen if you either have a philosophy and you want to know how many people hold to that philosophy, or if maybe you're just searching and you'd like to hear a, a good sound discussion from godly people on different points it. of view. So um, yeah. go check out Theology Throwdown. I believe this Monday, I would assume it's coming up, whatever day that is, January 6th, maybe. Are you going to try to go on? We will try to be there. Uh, I can't promise anything, but we will try to be there because that's the topic we're interested in. We're not, I guess, you know, our end times philosophy probably isn't set in stone yet, though we have yeah. thoughts on it. So it'll be interesting for us to discuss it as well. Mm -hmm. um, also, you guys know that we... Love Cardinal Contingency Solutions. I think in this wild and crazy world that we live in, they are somebody you need to have on your team. And I saw this story. It was the 10 most dangerous nations for Christian missionaries. Uh, number one, Afghanistan. You know, Somalia is number three. Libya, number four. Yemen, number five. A lot of Middle Eastern going on here. A lot of Muslim countries. Nigeria, Pakistan, Iran. And it, what was striking to me as I was going through here, I was like, yeah, Cardinal and their, uh, the people who work for Cardinal have extensive experience in planning for these exact environments. They know the assets that are available to you. They know how to contact those assets, how to get, you know, all, anything you would want. Cardinal understands that they've been doing it 
since you know the war on terrorism started. So uh, reach out to them. If you have missionaries, even if it's not in the Middle East, wherever they're going around the world, see what Cardinal can put together for you. You don't have to go out the door blind. Um, you can be well prepared for any environment that you go into. And lastly, the shameless plug. We got to get this one out there. If you guys want to help the show at all, the easiest, most cost-effective way you can do that is just liking the episode. If you're on YouTube or Rumble, subscribing to the show. If you're on the podcast, following, subscribing, whatever it asks you, ask you to do, and then leaving a nice review. We'd certainly appreciate that. And then if uh, you want to take it a step further, uh, we've got affiliate links down in the show notes, Christian Books, Amazon, Best Buy, and I think there's also links for Buy Me a Coffee. If you just want to support the show directly, all that would be greatly appreciated. It helps us buy the little things that we need for the podcast to keep it going. And it's just encouragement, which is something we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're not going to cue the music this week because I don't know if it's music cued worthy. Um, that's what we're going to discuss here. And we hope that as we go through this, you guys will reach out to us with some comments and your thoughts. And, you know, maybe after the fact, we'll let you know next week that, yes, in fact, it was music worthy and we failed you guys. But um, we're just going to go ahead and get into our discussion here on, as Nikki likes to say, neural link. Oh, gosh. I never see anything. Neural link, I believe. So do you want to read this headline, honey? Neuralink gets FDA approval for human brain chip trials. Elon Musk has been occupied with Twitter since acquiring the site for $44 billion last year, but a new CEO is expected to take the reins soon. That could give Musk time to return to Neuralink, the brain-computer interface startup aiming to put a computer inside your head. The company has just gotten approval from the Food and Drug Administration to begin testing its brain implant in humans. This is a significant turnaround for the FDA, which initially rejected Neuralink's application for human trials in March 2023. At that time, the agency cited numerous safety concerns like potential brain damage from the implantation and removal of thousands of tiny electrodes. The FDA was also concerned that the wireless charging battery could overheat and fail. Lithium fires inside the head are generally something to avoid. (laughs) The FDA asked Neuralink to address these potential problems before proceeding. Musk said at the time he expected full approval this spring. And for once, that didn't turn out to be an overly optimistic Elon timeline. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting thing there. In March, they were rejected, their application. Yet by the end of May, they were approved. Like, curious what Elon Musk had provided them in that month and a half Yeah, to sort of abate their concerns, you know. It seems kind of rushed. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's sound reason and logic from Elon Musk. Wow. And nothing more, nothing more. No palms were greased. I have utmost confidence in that. So what is Neuralink? Um, So let's go to this website and take a look. So this is the, if you're watching on the YouTube channel or Rumble or whatever, Facebook, you can see the little Neuralink chip here. And um, if you are on the podcast, we'll have links to their website. You can go check this out for yourself. But um, it says right here, the implant 
our brain-computer interface is fully implantable, cosmetically invisible, and designed to let you control a computer or mobile device anywhere you go. And if you scroll down, it talks about the battery here. <laughs> it says, the N1 implant is powered by a small battery charged wirelessly from the outside via a compact inductive charger that enables easy use from anywhere. And I don't know about you, uh, but what doesn't sound good about having a battery in your brain that needs to be charged wirelessly? <laughs> like, you just imagine getting like a MagSafe charger just clipped to the back of your head, wireless charging you. Or I've seen uh, pictures or videos of like these uh, sort of like hats that people wear while they sleep that supposedly wirelessly charge these things. But listen, I'm sure wireless chargers connected directly to your skull and fast charging your brain won't have any damaging ramifications at all. Trust them. Uh, so that's just like, the website there isn't overly deep. So we found this other article uh, article here, kind of talking about Neuralink and what it is. Uh, do you want to read this headline? What is Neuralink? What we know so far. Um, Neuralink is a neurotechnology company founded by Elon Musk that's building an implantable brain-computer interface capable of translating thought into action. Or I figured desired action into thought, potentially. We'll see where this thing goes, but you can continue, honey. All right. Launched in 2016, the private venture claims its neural device will allow people with paraplegia to regain movement and restore vision to those born blind. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon you'll be able to shove all those miracles and healing prayers, right? Who needs God when you have Elon Musk and Neuralink? That's going to be marvelous future. Yeah, that's people's hope now. All right. The device is designed to connect human brains directly to computers. Ramses Elkade, CEO of Neurable. Yeah, Neurable, I guess, is some <laughs> other alternate wearable technology or implantable Ugh. tech. Or I think Neurable is, it's like headphones, right? That kind of is a brain-computer interface. But this guy lists four things that Neuralink will be able to do. He says, first here, it will restore mobility. It will improve communication for nonverbal individuals, which I don't know how valuable this is. I guess it depends on what they think um, it's going to do. You know, if it's going to be just sending messages by thought, that's probably valuable or valuable. But if it's in the vein of giving speech back to those who otherwise wouldn't have it, then I don't know how valuable that is. We'll talk about that later. But it will be able to treat neurological conditions and it will be able to enhance cognitive abilities, he says. So, sounds just, all good, doesn't it? What, what could, could go, go wrong, yeah. right? Go wrong. Nothing but positive, which is, I'm sure, what Elon Musk told the FDA. And they went, You're right, we're being ridiculous. Well, Human if they trial. rejected it, gosh, people would be pretty angry hearing that they 
something, a miracle like this was rejected. Yeah. They can't, they can't deal with that. No, I mean, maybe they could get this on the warp speed program that <laughs> Donald Trump uh, enacted. We saw how well that went. Uh, maybe they can just warp speed Neuralink and people believe deal with the fallout. Anything the FDA approves, they completely trust it. That's the scary thing. It is scary. But we have basically two videos that we want to go through um, for the rest of this time here. That's kind of our topic. The FDA is starting or allowing Neuralink to start human trials. So we want to kind of look at, again, what is Neuralink? Um, we have this short video here. We got a couple of clips that we want to play from this and just kind of discuss as we normally do. So let's get to this first clip. You're on vacation in a small village in France, but don't speak a word of French. Imagine if you could download a program into your brain and converse with locals. And what if you could later remember that trip in perfect detail? In the future, you will be able to save and re replay memories. Um, I mean, this is obviously sounding increasingly like a Black Mirror episode. Elon yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> But like, just think about that. They say, you know, if you're in France and you don't know the language, but through Neuralink, you could just sort of instantly converse with these people. And like, if this technology is going to be available and you don't have it, like what company would hire you? Why would they hire you? You know, if they're sort of this global sort of enterprise, like, I mean, just think about you in your own life. Would you go to a store today? and find a 2009 Windows 7 PC to buy to do your work on today? Of course not. It's outdated. It wouldn't handle or it wouldn't be very useful for what you do today. You want the new technology. So mm -hmm. if you're in the workforce trying to be in the world, I mean, think how many older folks today complain about this, the technological age we're in today and how it sort of pushes them out of a lot of employment opportunities because they don't understand the computer as well. Mm -hmm. and, well, I mean, you can learn like, but if you don't have a Neuralink, why would a company that's global hire you? Yeah, like, you're just too much of a burden to deal with. Yeah, what are you going to do? Buy some stupid French, you know, tourist language book and try to learn it on the fly? Get out of here. Get a Neuralink implantment or implant and learn it in a blink, right? Matrix style. So well, what this would do is like, just think about our lives. Um, we wouldn't need teachers anymore. We wouldn't need any type of instructor. Like if you can learn to like what play piano too, like musical instruments, like why would you not be able to just know how to do that? That just gets rid of millions of jobs. How are these people now going to have any money? Like they'll, they have, they're out of a job well, now because of this chip, because people don't need to be taught anything by others anymore. Well, this is where the beauties of communism come in and living wages. <laughs> and you just become Wally -E and they just pay you. You float around on your little fat, floaty wheelchair there's drinking no, your slushies. And, uh, there's no individuality. There's no nope. gifts or talents. Well, we'll there's see, no... right? Obviously, we're being a bit drastic here. No, we're um, not. So, <laughs> yeah, we're probably not. We're probably underselling how horrifying this is. But let's play this next clip. Elon Musk says you will even be able to store your memories as a backup and then download them into a robot body. It sounds like science fiction, but Neuralink believes it could make that happen one day with this chip. It's a brain-machine interface, or BMI, a device that connects your brain to a computer. 
But before chasing these superhuman goals, Neuralink is focused on one thing, ending human suffering. I mean, how can you complain against that? Their goal is to end human suffering. Who doesn't want that? I mean, what a wonderful goal, right? To put an end to human suffering. That's wonderful. It's utopian. They're thinking human suffering is only physical. When people suffer more through depression and loneliness and rejection, like that's the true suffering. It's not just physical. Well, I would say they may even be contemplating that. If you can have Neuralink that can almost instantaneously teach you French, then why can't it also make you feel happy when you otherwise should feel sad? I mean, I don't know why that would be a, a bridge too far. This will also get rid of any kinds of like award ceremonies. <laughs> It'll get rid of Nobody gets any recognition for going above and beyond, for being good at their job. That might be the way that we get rid of this. Uh, what's the culture? You know, the uh, everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Everybody wins. No, not nobody wins, right? But, uh, you know, I think for people that don't have a faith in God, I mean, this sounds like a worthy endeavor. It sounds like something, you know, altruistic. They want, right? Elon Musk and Neuralink is going to end human suffering. Uh, how joyous will that be? Yeah, people will look, think about it like it's God. It's something good. They will compare this to God. Right, because really? if you only care about the physical, the material, um, then yeah, I mean, this is your ideal sort of environment. But, you know, as Christians, obviously, that's not the way we should think. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to understand that there's good in our suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, in our weakness is kind of when we really learn to rely more on God. Yeah. Uh, Psalm chapter 34, verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Well, like Nikki said, why would you rely on God when Elon Musk can take away all those problems? And if he can take away all those problems that God otherwise would have, why not just call Elon Musk God? He's doing all the things God should have done. He's going to get glory. I feel like we've talked about Elon Musk as an antichrist or the antichrist before. I think so. Uh, getting those creepy vibes. Although... AI, we've said long, you know, yeah. that is an antichrist. But even going, uh, you know, deeper, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, if you want to read that, honey. But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has, put, has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yeah, so what do we say about Paul writing that? Was he an idiot? <laughs> like, you know, rejoice in our sufferings. Like, are you nuts? I mean, maybe the Holy Spirit who inspired inspired these writings, like, maybe he just didn't have the foresight to see Elon Musk in the future, right? Because why? nobody enjoys suffering in the moment. I mean, nobody, even the most ardent, steadfast Christian, even Paul asked God to remove the thorn from his side. Um, but it wasn't until God told him that his grace was sufficient that he mm -hmm. praised him for it. But, you know, if we believe in the Bible, we believe in God, we, you know, we're obviously being a bit over, 
over the top calling Paul an idiot, not an idiot. Um, we're not trying to sin by mocking God's apostles. Um, but if we do believe the Bible and these words are true, then we would believe that, again, suffering is for our purpose. There is a purpose in our suffering. Mm-hmm. And most notably, right, a trust and a reliance on God, um, as Paul showed us. So should we be so quick and really eager, which I imagine a lot of people are, to give that away? You know, it sounds foolish to the world to say, I don't want to give away my suffering. I don't want to give away my afflictions because that's what causes me to rely on God. Well, the world's going to tell you you're an idiot. Um, but should we be so quick to try to get rid of all those afflictions, all those burdens? But the thing is, we know this is going to cause afflictions. It's not going to be amazing like it says. There's so many that can, so many things that can just go wrong with it that are going to drive people crazy, literally. I mean, you got a chip in your brain. <laughs> like, Think like, how bad people <laughs> who have tinnitus now are. They have like a ringing in their ear and it drives them nuts. Well, imagine if your Neuralink gets a bit squirrely and you just have electronic resonance humming in your brain. Yeah. Like you just can't get out. So You're it's right. a horror film. Just, but uh, There's going to be affliction with it. I'm just saying it's going to be proven to not be so great, I think, fairly yeah. quickly. it's. I would assume so. But let's see what this next clip has to say here. Neuralink wants to rewire the circuit so that the paralyzed walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. <laughs> That's a short clip, but I heard that and I was like, that basically sounds like what Jesus told John's disciples as yeah. evidence that he was the Christ in yep. Luke chapter 7. Yep. You know, the blind see, the the deaf hear, you know, these sorts of things. Yep. And like, again, is Elon <laughs> Musk Christ then? Is he God now? Uh, I guess if that's what he's doing, right? He's he's telling them he's doing exactly what Christ came to do. Yikes. Um, I don't have a clip of this, but in this video, one of the things they talk about that sort of sets Neuralink apart is how thin the electrodes are. So the way this Neuralink works is it's a small computer chip that gets implanted, but the computer chip has thousands of these tiny little electrodes and like thin wires, you know, thinner than a human hair that go out into your brain that send out and receive the electrical impulses in your brain. And they say on there that the electrodes for Neuralink, um, one of the benefits of them is that they are... Uh, they're so thin that they're uh, less likely to pierce blood vessels and cause catastrophic damage. So that's a huge benefit, but it's odd that they don't say they're unlikely to pierce your blood vessels. They're just less likely. They're just less likely than the other crappier Neuralink models. So oh my um, gosh. that's great, right? So I, I mean, there's going to be people who obviously volunteer for these human trials and oh it's interesting when you watch these videos and stuff and you go down to the comments people are like sign me up like i'm ready to do it like oh wow well you want to be the first one to get that implant in your brain i could get it if you're like as soon as this baby is working like a charm i can't wait to get it but to be like i'll let you have your lithium battery drain into my brain (laughs) all right I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Some great. people's conditions might be just so bad, like they're to that point where they're anything. Maybe. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're worldly, you don't have a faith in God and your condition is, you know, catastrophic, or, you know, maybe you're just on, you know, your deathbed and you know your time is near and you're like, I just want to be a benefit to humanity in some way or whatever it happens to be. So I'm sure there's those people out there, though I'm sure there's a lot of people that are just, they want to be on the forefront of this technology kind of a thing. But I'm sure Elon Musk won't be one of the first ones to get a Neuralink implanted in his brain. So let's see what this next clip I have is. Control a computer. We'll make this uh, as safe as possible. Just as with with Tesla, while it is legally possible to ship a one-star car, the only cars we make are five stars. We actually maximize safety and we'll take the same approach here at Neuralink. So kind of a funny statement, right? You know, he says, you know, you could ship a one-star car, but we only ship five-star cars. Safety's our main concern. And it's just funny because there have been, you know, reports recently um, in the last year or two or whatever of problems with these five-star Tesla cars. Um, and it's not to say that they aren't un or that they are unsafe. I think by and large, they're relatively safe vehicles. But the stories are kind of like when things do go wrong with tes uh, Teslas, they kind of go really wrong. Um, like you guys, I'm sure have heard plenty of the stories about the Tesla cars just kind of catching fire, the batteries and stuff inside the cars. When things go wrong, they kind of... The battery. Yeah, they catch fire. <laughs> There's even been reports recently of like electric vehicles and Teslas that won't charge in the cold. Um, so now you just have a gigantic hunk. And again, they're issues that they're resolving, but they still keep popping up, right? You know, even these things like they're, you know, fairly rare, right? Ultimately, it's not like every Tesla's catching fire, but like when things seem to go wrong with them, they kind of go catastrophically wrong. And if your Tesla catches fire, you still have a good chance of getting out of that Tesla alive. Mm -hmm. If your brain chip lithium battery drains or whatever it happens to be, uh, you can't really get out of that. You don't have like a check engine light to come on or some kind of signal like in a car. Something's wrong. Like, how are you going to know something weird is happening with this chip? Yeah, like if something catastrophic goes on with your Neuralink chip, uh, you probably die, I would assume, or you have severe brain damage. And um, and it's not uncommon even for computer chips. Uh, AMD, the, probably the second largest computer chip maker in the world, uh, they just had this happen with their latest version of CPUs that came out, which they're pretty good at. They put them out almost every year. But something with the motherboards... And Asus is a big company. They were kind of frying their CPUs. Just too much power. It wasn't regulated appropriately. And these companies have been doing this for decades and decades. Again, if that CPU that's in your Neuralink, if that thing fries, pretty catastrophic. And it like also made me think too, like, you know, this thing's connecting, obviously, like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, whatever it happens to be to whatever computers around you. Like, what if it just goes into a buffering state? Like, are you just a buffering? You're like, well, let me tell you what I did last night. <laughs> we went to the store and you're like, goodness, Fred, like, what are you, creep? <laughs> that is going to be so creepy. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Oh, uh, man. Like, sorry, I got a bad signal. I'll tell you what we did last night in just a minute. Yes, yes, we went to the store and it was, I don't know. I mean, interesting. I was just going to say, I wonder if you... Like what the, 
um, like a waiver. What is it called? Is it a waiver? Like we are not liable, you know, a liability. Yeah. If your brain melts, we're not held liable. I mean, I'm sure you will be in the human trials, right? You're volunteering for yeah, this thing. Right. Um, now, once it gets full approval, I'm sure they'll have some sort of way to get recompense for your brain being electrocuted uh, or something. I don't know, but pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, I guess maybe you'll have grace for people now when you're just like, dude, Tom is an idiot. And they're like, he's not an idiot. He has a Gen 1 Neuralink. It's, <laughs> he needs a replacement. He was actually a smart guy before. Like, all right, fine. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, upgrade your Neuralink, Tom. Are there any movies like sci-fi movies out concerning something like this? I think it's every sci-fi movie. I mean, it makes me think of... I mean, this specifically. Well, I mean, yeah. he references Black Mirror. I mean, this is Black Mirror. Right. Uh, I mean, probably only, half well, the episodes in Black Mirror were about basically your brain being stored in a computer of some sort. Yeah. And guess what? They all went wrong. <laughs> None of those episodes ended well. I don't know if people watched Black Mirror. Didn't go well. So let's see this. Uh, I think I have two more clips here from this video. And then there are the privacy issues that scientists have been urging governments to address, including what data should be collected and how it will be kept safe. So, so the privacy concerns, they kind of talk about there, um, obviously a big deal. And this for us is a huge area of concern. And uh, I think I could probably do you all the favor of telling you uh, all of the information will be collected. <laughs> The privacy concerns are foolish. There will be no privacy. Uh, all your data will be collected because if you think that they're just going to collect like some benign data when they have access to all of your data, your thoughts, like all these different things, and they're going to be like, we just want heart rate and temperature. You're fooling yourself. <laughs> like they have access to all this data that they can sell everything about you, but they're going to be like, just ethically, we can't do that. You're kidding yourself. Um, and then if you think that somehow your information will be able to be kept safe, it won't be compromised, hacked, stolen, you're right. fooling yourself. Um, you could absolutely believe that the FBI, CIA will have a backdoor into this to see what you're doing and thinking, where you were, all that sort of stuff. China will be in there. I mean, who knows, right? It's all going to be collected. None of it will be safe. So do what you wish. These are all things you better consider. And, you know, you obviously Gen 1 Neuralink is not going to be the end product. And I was like thinking, you know, how if they can actually understand your thoughts, record your, if, you know, if that's as far as it can go. Like, how nice is it going to be when you get the Me Too treatment? Because your thoughts got hacked and some people, you know, women or men, whoever happens to be, realize that you've been sort of sexualizing them in your mind. You're that corporate CEO who's been sexualizing or improperly thinking about your secretary. Well, you know, and what's going to end is the idea that all people are inherently good. Nobody will believe that anymore. Yeah, maybe the doctrine of total depravity will thrive with Neuralink. Yeah. But I could very easily see a situation where you're being blackmailed for your thoughts. Your actions 
you know, this is that minority report thing. We're going to arrest you before you commit the crime because we know you're going to commit the crime, right? Um, but the positive side to that would be is you don't know, I mean, you would no longer need like the North Korea communist Soviet Union style of like concentration camp, re-education camp. You don't need those anymore. Um, you'll just mm-hmm. need software updates for your Neuralink, yep. right? Your faulty thinking can be cleared up for you with a simple download. You know what they could do? All the, the data they collect, they could do surveys without you knowing. They could make up statistics and say, well, this uh, category of people of this race and this age group or people who make this much money, th- this is their thoughts. And they're usually thoughts negative toward this group. Like they can just make up statistics because they're in control of your mind. They they know what you're thinking. They're like God, and they're going to reveal and divide more. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I'm sure they, I mean, they could, right? I mean, and they could very easily steer your thoughts. And I thought about this watching Anthony Bass. If you guys saw this story, you probably didn't see it, honey, but he's a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher who had the gall, the audacity to post or share a video saying his Christian faith, you know, basically told him that the LGBTQ sort of lifestyle was sinful. So of course he had to be corrected and listen to what he says here about the Blue Jays. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, The ballpark is for everybody. he says, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate. He's in like a Major League Baseball re-education camp for the team he works for. But the good news is, right, soon he won't have to. He'll just need a patch in his software. Save a lot of time. He'll no longer have to go and grovel in front of the media. Um, but I will say, as another prayer request, pray for Anthony Bass's soul. If he claimed himself to be a Christian at some point, um, this I sent is him, him not standing for the faith. This is him being ashamed of the gospel. Basically. Yes. And, uh, I sent him a message on Twitter. Well, to the blue Jays organization, cause I couldn't find Anthony Bass that look, man, even Peter denied Christ repent and believe you have mm-hmm. a chance to turn back. But if you walk this road, you know, this is yeah. the, uh, revelation. What is it? 21. You know, cowards are like the first one listed to not make it into the kingdom of God. You don't want to be a coward for your faith. Yeah. Uh, I had one more video here from Neuralink. Although the scientists and engineers will continue to work toward curing brain disorders, that's not the main reason Musk created Neuralink. He has repeatedly spoken of the fear that humans will be overtaken by artificial intelligence based on the hypothesis that if AI becomes super intelligent, it could be difficult or impossible for humans to control and potentially result in our extinction. So his solution is to sync up the human brain with AI and create a symbiotic relationship. Hmm. Or how about we just don't have AI and then you don't have to do all this other risky stuff. Nope, that's stupid. No one would ever think of that. You know, <laughs> should think of that. They don't, right? But this is the fear, right? And we've heard it from Elon Musk before. It's part of why he wants to like populate Mars. Um, so the fear is that the AI is going to take over the human race. And their solution is to just sort of beat them to the punch and make humans 
AI enhanced first, you know? And like Nikki said, there's never any serious discussion about like, so if AI could overtake the human race, should we have AI? Never a thought about that. It's just full steam ahead. AI is, I mean, everybody wants AI for whatever reason. You just become one with AI. Yeah. Like they said earlier in one of those other videos, we're going to, you know, implant your brain or your consciousness into robots and like, but I guess, again, if you're godless, immortality is the holy grail. Yeah, it's very Whatever fascinating. Whatever you can do to get there. Yeah, I, I talked with somebody before who's an atheist and who's that one girl, she read your that book that you put in that little library and it was kind of weird sci-fi. Oh, yeah. And I asked her, I was like, isn't that kind of like creepy? Like all that stuff, like coming in the near future and didn't creep her out. She's like, no, that is so exciting. She's like, I'm looking forward to that. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, nothing gets me excited like the prospect of being a middle wage earner for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Boy, does that suck. <laughs> I'll turn in the streets paid with gold in the presence of the almighty God for a life of junior NCO work. Yeah, you can have immortality. I'll take it in the spiritual realm. Um, but, you know, for these type of people, these atheistic people, they're the ones that, I don't know, they watched The Matrix back in 1999, whatever came out, and they were like, yeah, I'd take the blue pill. If given the choice, plug me back into The Matrix, and I'll just live in that test tube, pretending to eat steak that isn't real. That sounds awesome. Like, that's what they want. Like, think about that. You want to be a person whose consciousness is uploaded into a robot. And you're like, dude, that sounds awesome. You're living in a different realm than me. I wonder if like some of the AI are going to try to like steal your identity and want to become you. Like, can they envy you? And Well, and you talking about like books or movies, and I think I mentioned it to you, the show Altered Carbon. Nobody should watch it. It's a, it's a Netflix classic, right? It's a really cool idea that you're like, boy, I want to watch that. And then it's just riddled with sinfulness all over the place that makes it impossible to watch for a Christian. But the premise was people's consciousness were uploaded to these basically computer disks and the bodies were just that. They were bodies that these consciousnesses could be uploaded into or put into. So you could kill the body and they would just upload the conscious into another body. So these people would like wake up and you might've been, you know, a 25 year old athletic black man and you wake up and you're in the body of a, you know, 58 year old white female. And you're like, this isn't me. Well, it's you just in the wrong body. Right. So. I mean, people are already experiencing that, awesome. that with the whole transgenderism. That's how they feel already anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe they're living that altered carbon life already, but... <laughs> so they're more, yeah, willing to accept this, I guess. So after we were kind of looking at the Neuralink thing, it got me, you know, wanting to know who's talking about this, right? Like who, all the pastors and stuff. And oddly, there really isn't a lot of discussion from the Christian community on transhumanism, um, which is a shame because this is really something that we can't be late to the party on. Like you don't want this to sort of 
be running amok in society and go, whoa, somebody better talk about it. You better be talking about it now, early and often. Like pastors should be talking about this. Seminary should be teaching about this um, transhumanism idea. People need to be speaking about this sort of stuff now. Um, you don't want this to sneak up on you or your congregation, your children, whatever it happens to be. But we did find one video, and it's from Remnant Radio, uh, the Remnant Radio, if you've seen them on YouTube. And uh, we're going to kind of just go through this video as well. They have a gentleman on here whose name is Dr. Fazali Rana, uh, who's kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's apologist or he's kind of, he works kind of trying to find sort of the common ground or you know, with science and religion kind of a thing. It's a pretty interesting clip here, uh, or video. It's a long video, though. It's about an hour, but it's going to actually be our sermon recommendation if you want to go and give it a listen. They talk about a lot of good stuff in here. We just have a handful of clips. So let's play this first one. This first one's kind of long. It's about two minutes long. Uh, can you define that for me? You said that twice, and I'm not sure our audience would know what that is. Yeah, well, you know, again, the idea of transhumanism is that we have this obligation to use technology to modify our biological makeup. But the question is, towards what end, right? And that really is the transhumanist vision, uh, is why would we want to do that? And the idea behind transhumanism seems to be very much uh, couched in terms of science and technology but at the end of the day, it really is a philosophical idea, maybe even a religious idea, because the ultimate goal of transhumanism is not only to mitigate human pain and suffering through the use of technology, but to try to usher in a utopian world. Uh, and the, the, the idea here is that we turn to science and technology to solve many of the problems that we experience, that the idea of the enlightenment is that through science and technology, we would become the masters of our own fate. We would become the masters of nature. And transhumanism is looking to become masters of our own bodies, where we would modify our bodies at will to, again, to overcome our limitations, to, uh, to improve upon, quote unquote, the human condition, and to ultimately overcome the greatest problem that faces any of us, which is our impending death, right? That the impending death of humanity, our impending death as individuals, if can we use science and technology to overcome our own uh, mortality? Can we attain a, a practical immortality through science and technology? So a bit of a long clip there, but I think it's a good explanation of kind of what transhumanism hopes to achieve. And, you know, I can't help but when you listen to that clip, like it seems clearly like an anti-God. I mean, he said they're, it's kind of their own religion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like everybody in this transhumanist AI movement is like racing towards removing God from the equation entirely. You know, like he said, we become the masters sort of of our own existences, our own destinies. And he uses a term in there. Uh, I don't know if we have it in a clip or not, but he uses a term in there called techno-faith which is apparently in his realm of science is a term that's thrown around, you know, the idea that 
like you mentioned, science and technology is going to save us all. That's what's going to save, which is interesting. He's like, every, you know, transhumanism is going to bring about a utopian society. Like, boy, if there's one thing human beings are good at, it's utopia. Everywhere it's tried, it's a rousing success. No, it ends in millions murdered, oppression, poverty, violence. Like, you think but, this is going to be a part of uh, taxpayer dollars funding this? Oh. Uh, for the good of humanity or for whatever? Well, sure. I mean, again, when you get into a world of uh, living wages, everything's going to be paid for by the government. Um, I mean, that's the utopian dream, right? You're being uh, paid a living wage. Everyone's a gazillionaire. And we all drive Bentleys with our state-of-the-art Neuralinks. And uh, it's like, you know, we spend a lot of time, and, you know, this isn't a new concept, but we always think of 1984. We're living in 1984, you know, George Orwell's book. But it's kind of a half and half, you know. It's half bra- or, uh, 1984, but it's half Brave New World of, like, this utopian, you know, everybody's just, Supposedly, we're living in these designer robot bodies, you know, just it's bonkers. I don't know where people, it's like you live this life with your eyes closed and your ears plugged, so you don't actually see what real humans are like and what people in power are like. And like, you just assume, no, I mean, but we'll all be equal and happy. Nobody will oppress us once we're there. Uh, You're fooling yourself this isn't even like science fiction anymore like all the science fiction books are gonna move to the nonfiction. and <laughs> no i mean once human trials start this certainly isn't science fiction anymore and you know it just makes me think like of all the problems humans have we just have a problem with like a propensity to just go completely overboard with everything you know, we take everything we do to the absolute extreme. If it's sex, it's money, it's drugs, even things like education. And now we're here with science and technology, right? Science and technology isn't just a thing that can kind of benefit our life, supplement our existence. No, no. Science and technology will become our existence, right? We will worship the technology. It's, we just go completely overboard with everything. And it just, yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit is who gives us the the spiritual fruit of the spiritual, uh, spiritual trait of self-control. Uh, so it would make sense that those without a faith in God and the Holy Spirit living in them, they would be completely out of control in everything. So it's not just, hey, you know what's nice? Getting a knee replacement for grandma so she can walk again. They're like, you know what would be really nice? Uploading grandma's consciousness to a hard disk and building her a Gundam armored suit for her to fly around in. And you're like, Nope, grandma would rather stay in her afflictions. Extreme, <laughs> dude. Maybe just the knee replacement. No, no, no. Grandma's Robocop. That's the only way it can be. Like, dude, slow down. Like, you're going overboard, but we just go overboard with everything. I'm not just going to have premarital sex. I'm going to have premarital sex with everybody till I get syphilis, chlamydia, crabs, AIDS, and I die young. You're <laughs> like, Okay, well, a bit of self-control might have made your life better, but 
you're human and we don't have self-control. So just, we go nuts with everything. Oh, let's see this next clip. Is it wrong to enhance, uh, you know, human beings beyond our natural biological limits? I, you know, that's something I still am wrestling with myself, but there seems to be this line that you could cross <laughs> that where, mm -hmm. you know, the enhancements go from serving a, a, some kind of legitimate purpose to actually really undermining our very nature as human beings. Uh, hey, give me an example. Well, um, uh, well, you know, one example would be uh, brain computer interface technology. Now, this is crazy stuff, uh, but uh, and, and, and there's not an area of, bi of bioengineering that's hotter today than developing brain computer interfaces. But these are literally electronic devices that you either implant in the brain or place on the surface of the brain uh, that allow the, the user to control with the, their, their thoughts, uh, computer hardware and computer software. And this is either done through active training where they learn to manipulate electrical activity in their brain to produce particular outcomes with computer systems. Or you have uh, uh, basically these machine learning algorithms that will extract the electrical activity in the brain and interpret what the user intent is. And so using this technology, they've shown that you can actually have somebody think and that th their thoughts can be converted into texts with a high degree of accuracy. Now, this is something that would allow somebody that's locked in who can't communicate to be able to communicate with people. I just want to say, like, I cannot imagine my thoughts going into text like autocorrect is bad enough. Like my mind is so scattered. I would not be able to send a text with my mind. It would be random. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. It would be pretty scary. The stuff that came out, you know, it'd be like your kids, like dad, can I have a sandwich for lunch? And like the text that streams, I was like, you little brat, if you don't leave me and you're like, <laughs> of course, son. And they're like, what'd you say to me, dad? Not that it was just a thought. I didn't mean any of it. Like, but it's interesting, right? Because he says, well, you know, brain computer interfaces. There's the hottest thing going right now. And that's what Neuralink is. It's a brain computer interface. And it's interesting that when he says, well, give me a line or give me an example of something that crosses the ethical line. And he's like, oh, brain computer interfaces. <laughs> Neuralink crosses the line, the ethical line. Um, that's the first thing that popped into his mind. Uh, you know, and it, again, that's why we're talking about it because it needs to be talked about. Is it crossing the line? Did it, you know, does this cross the line? And in this video, he talks in there about, you know, what does it mean to the image of God and stuff like that? And where is that line? And when do you lose the image of God and stuff like that? So it's a pretty fascinating discussion, but it's just interesting that guys like, well, this is all fascinating. Tell me an example. Oh, Neuralink brain computer interfaces. You're like, Ee, that's what we're doing right now. So uh, scary. Right. Uh, but I got one more clip, I believe, from this gentleman. Let's see what he has to say here. Interesting things that you can begin to do with brain-computer interfaces, because now uh, you can begin to exert your influence remotely in different parts of the world by coupling, you know, brain-computer interface technology with access to the internet. 
uh, you know, or you can begin to do things like potentially tether brains together. There have been interesting studies with. Oh, with wow. That. OK, that, yeah, that's yeah. Netting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, like, I got to like hear more about this. Well, like there have been interesting studies done with um, at lab animals. Like you can take two rats and one rat uh, you train to hit a lever, lever and it, it'll get a reward. And then the other rat is untrained. And if they both have brain computer interfaces that are tethered together, the rat and, and both rats can see each other and they both have access to that those levers, but one rat knows what to do and the other one doesn't, the rat that knows what to do can actually uh, tr transfer that understanding to the rat that doesn't know what to do. And so by that rat thinking about activating the lever, the other rat will activate the lever, even though it's not trained to do so, and get the reward. <laughs> Boy, so... isn't that great? Doesn't that just sound utopian? Mm -mm. I don't want other people's thoughts coming into my head. Like tethering brains together. Like think of the implications of that. If we're just religious bumpkins. We don't know any better. We're stuck in our dogmas. You know, maybe they could just connect all of our simple religious brains, all these stupid Christ focused brains, just tether them all together with whoever the leading Darwinian evolutionist is of the day. And he can teach us the proper way to think. Or maybe they can tether your brain to the nation's foremost Marxist leader. Um, and they can help you learn the benefits of secular communism and put all those pesky thoughts of yeah. freedom and inalienable rights out of your mind. Or, as we said with the software patch, they can just put them out of your mind for you. Yeah. Easy peasy. They, if they can store your memories, then they can delete memories. Well, and he said in there, like, they can exert influence even from a great distance because they're connected by the internet. And this is that idea where do these people have eyes? Do they have ears and a brain to see the world that we live around or we live in? Are there not people today who exert influence and power over other people to their own benefit and to our detriment? We see that everywhere. That's the history of human existence. Yet somehow, because tech is involved, it's going to be this utopian society. No, now it just means... President Xi in China, well, he'll just have complete control over your thoughts and brains from wherever he is in the world, right? All hail the Chinese Communist Party. And if you don't think that now, he'll help you think that later, right? So just think how wars are going to be then. War is going to be through the chips in your brain. There's only one way war works in this environment. And again, we watch the movie. It's called The Matrix. It's those who are unplugged against those that are plugged in, right? Um, and it wasn't great. So, I mean, because how do you have a war if everybody's plugged in? If you can exert this influence over great distance, then there is no need for a war. It's just a software patch. It's an update, right? I mean, again, it's 1984, talking about Brave New World in 1984. If you remember in 1984... One of the kind of things in there was that like every couple months or years, I can't remember, um, you know, they would tell you that it was a new country or whatever that was the enemy. You know, there would be chanting, we're fighting against this country, but then a couple months or years later, it was the country that you're just fighting with is our allies and we're fighting the other country. And they're like, wait, didn't we just, I thought we were 
or they were the bad. Well, I guess they're on our team now. And like, that's going to be you with the software patch. You know, we're going to be, ah, Russia, you know, let's, Ukraine's got to defeat Russia. And then next week you're like, Russia's got to defeat Ukraine. I feel like it was the other way before, but you know, I must be wrong. You know, it's, well, you just had a software update and now you're thinking correctly. So it's just, they could, they could even just be in control of your life. It's like with the chip, they could just control your heart. If they're messing with your brain, they could just, I mean, they could just kill you. It seems very dastardly to me. I mean, you start talking about tethering brains together and exerting influence. Like, how is that utopian? I don't know. I'm not the oldest or wisest man to ever live. And that seems like an awful, awful idea. Uh, I mean, if you're all plugged in, and again, going back to the very first thing we talked about, if you don't have one of these, if you don't have a Neuralink, if it becomes this great thing that everybody has, you can learn French in a in a matter of moments, you can teach people how to do things from great distances in the matter of moments, and you don't have one, you're a, you're a dinosaur, right? You might as well not even exist in this world anymore. Why, why do you need to learn another language when you can just share thoughts with other people? Why even learn the language? Well, and that kind of goes to our point I mentioned before, this idea of improving nonverbal communications or improving communications with those that are locked in. Again, if that's just passing text messages to ensure that is something that will help them. But yeah, there would be really no reason to talk anymore. Yeah. If you're in this society, again, we're looking down the road, right? This running Mm -hmm. to its conclusion, because if you can just Bluetooth me all your thoughts, then you telling me your thoughts is just a waste of time. Right. I mean, just think about it now with a smartphone. How often do you dial up a phone number just to have a chat or talk to somebody when you can just send them a short text. It just makes me think of like how God knows our thoughts and he knows our prayers before we speak them, although he wants us to verbalize our prayers to him. Yeah, now it's going to be the complete opposite. They know your thoughts, so shut up. <laughs> they don't want to hear you. Your voice annoys me. Um, it's at a frequency my Neuralink does not like. Um, so this stuff is needs to be considered. I think there's a lot involved here and it makes me wish that there was a, I mean, it stinks that there's so much division in the Christian church because we could really use like a council of Nicaea type environment right now, like gathering Christian leaders and thinkers from around the world and debating this idea of transhumanism. Like, you know, we talked about what does it mean to be made in the image of God? You know, like how far can you go and still retain that Imago day? Um, you know, is it too far when it gets to a place like Neuralink, um, advancements like this to our body, you know, because we already have things like, you know, we said knee replacements and these sorts of things. People can get new organs. Have we already gone too far or is that not, too far now, but you know, but we need to discuss these things. Um, because he even goes on in this interview here, this Dr. Reina, and he talks about something called CRISPR gene editing, which is kind of like hyper customizing of the human genome. Uh, so he talks about, you know, you can go in and pull out like specific um DNA 
strands and um, take out specific traits from people, but you can also insert specific traits in people. So like we're kind of right on the horizon of not just Neuralink, but like creating designer human bodies. Yeah. Like you can just go in and be like, I want the, you know, 1970s Arnold Schwarzenegger body for my son. All right. Well, we have a CRISPR gene editing kit just for you then, right? Like, um, I mean, it's not far down the road. I mean, this stuff is happening now and we just don't always know about it. So, uh, I think I forgot. I have one extra clip here from this gentleman, Dr. Reyna. You could easily begin to see how, how that kind of a technology could be used as, you know, uh, essentially the mark of the beast. But, you know, in terms, you know, we've talked a little bit about the idea that transhumanism is a, you know, a false gospel, and it's going to become a very appealing gospel, you know, in, in the years to come, right? You know, as we become more and more secular, you know, as people become to re rely more and more on science to, to solve our problems, you know, our ultimate problem is, again, our, our, our mortality. And so could we mm -hmm. attain, you know, a practical immortality? But you could begin to see a world where the expectation is that you, you know, that you do undergo certain types of gene editing. You know, you could even easily see a scenario where, you know, you would have to be genetically fingerprinted, you know, your genome sequenced. And if you and your spouse, you know, have um, or your partner have genes that would make your offspring susceptible to certain genetic disorders, that in order to have a child, you have to submit yourself to, you know, kind of a gene editing protocol where the embryos that you produce in vitro would undergo gene editing to eliminate that particular genetic disorder. And if you don't, then you no longer, that your child isn't going to be eligible for, for medical care because you've willingly, inter, you know, gave birth to a child that is a, has a genetic defect. So you could begin to Maybe. see kind of a high-tech type of eugenics, or if you don't agree to certain genetic modifications, um, you know, that, that again, you know, you uh, are going to be labeled as an outcast of sorts. You're, you're going to be marginalized and that you could, again, keep track of the kind of genetic modifications through, you know, things like quantum dot technology. So I could easily see, you know, um, you know, a, a, us, this leading us towards kind of a, you know, a, a one world order where you could, you could see, uh, people being pressured into, uh, into accepting, uh, you know, the transhumanist and human enhancement technologies, whether they want to or not, that they're, they're kind of forced into that. So that, that easily leads you to, you know, a number of, of scenarios that I think fit with, you know, the, the biblical perspective on end times, right? Yeah. Like we do have to mention this here cause we were chuckling. You gotta love live streams. <laughs> People can just chime in. I don't know if you saw this little, uh, the quotes going over here. God became man that man might become cyborg. <laughs> Thank you for that. We needed the chuckle. But like what he's talking about here, I don't even think this is a stretch. Like this isn't even one of like going down the conspiracy rabbit trail. Like if Neuralink is possible, if CRISPR gene editing is possible, this is absolutely what's going to happen. Uh, we just saw how quickly the whole world 
all the governments of the world jumped on board with this exact same bandwagon. Well, you can't work now. You need a passport, right? We saw all of this just take place. And it was over something that didn't work at all. Right. Right. Imagine having a brain chip that can connect you to the internet around the world, teaching you skills in a moment's notice. You don't think that these same employers would tell you you either need to get upgraded or get a new job, that you aren't allowed to just have your country bumpkin baby. You better go and see that CRISPR gene editor and make sure you have a proper baby. Like you, this isn't even a stretch to me. Like this is a no brainer that that's going to happen. I mean, does that seem like a far stretch? No. That there's governments around the world, employers and all these sorts of things that would say, yeah, you can't work for us unless you have a Neuralink. Um, you know, I was thinking even of things like in the corporate world and job world, like, you know, for my job, I read a lot of regulations and books and stuff that I have to read and study. Well, that's idiotic. We can just upload the study material to you and, or you can just connect your brain to the computer and read and control F, find whatever you're looking for. What do you do? Waste your time reading it? What if you don't find the answer fast enough? We just can't deal with any of that. You need a Neuralink or you can't work here. Like that's not even a stretch. Um, and it's also incredibly terrifying that it's not a stretch. Um, so why is this important to Christians, right? We're talking about it. We're Christians. Why is this important to Christians? And I think it's very important to Christians because this is the world we're about to be living in. Like I said, this is right on the horizon. Human trials are happening. CRISPR gene editing, he talks about in here, you can go on Amazon and buy CRISPR gene editing kits already. Now, they're not super designer, but it exists already and it's easy to get. This is the world that your children are going to be growing up in, especially. Um, So it's the church's job to address these sorts of issues from a religious perspective. This is not, I mean, our churches are bad already about addressing current issues, you know, just kind of wanting to stick their head in the sand. You can't do that. Um, You've got to be addressing these. Christians have to be discussing this. You've got to be informed on this, on what we talked about, what is too far when it comes to sort of human advancement? Because not a lot of people know this, so and not a lot of people are studying this. uh, But those that are in the know, those who are studying it, um, they need to be discussing these ideas um, so that those who aren't paying attention or aren't terribly connected and plugged into what this sort of technology is, that they don't sort of get kind of propagandized or misled or misinformed into making a, again, is this sin? How far, you know, is this an eternal consequence that you make here if you're uninformed? Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when people just go too far, I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking of like the Tower of Babel, like God didn't let them continue building that. But he continues, you know, in this this way with the science technology. Like, God is only going to let us go so far. We aren't going to go as far as we 
decide we're going to go, just like with the Tower of Babel. They had a plan. God said, nope, only this far. Well, and that's the positive news to this. You know, we talked earlier about theology throwdowns, end times view, and you're like, I mean, if this is ushering in the end times, let's have at it, you know? Let's I think get, we should always be looking and wondering. Let's started then, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean... We have it to just, take it in, into consideration, of course. We're always, yeah. you know, on the lookout for it. Not in fear, but just to be prepared. Yeah, I mean, so again, that's why this is important. Because in our near lifetimes, I would imagine, I think this is probably technology moves faster, faster than we think it does. So I think in our near term lifetimes, we're going to be making decisions on whether or not to get these implants. So what should Christians do? They need to know this. And, you know, we've seen how just in the last 15 years, right, the smartphones changed the world. Like in a lot of environments, you can't really operate in normal society anymore without a cell phone. A lot of businesses require you to have a cell phone. Um, If they would require you to have a cell phone, you don't think they're going to require you to have something that's vastly superior to a cell phone. Um, Because again, you're going to be working at Goldman Sachs and everybody there has a Neuralink just silently tethering their brains together. And you're going to be like, hey, can somebody give me a call and tell me what just happened? They're going to be like, fire Tom. He's a nuisance, Mm -hmm. right? Get the Neuralink or get fired. So, um. You know, that's a question to discuss, right? What do we do when the Neuralink replaces the cell phone, the smartphone? I don't think it's terribly far down the road. So we can't right. just wait for this to sort of show up on our doorstep and just hope that we will make the right decision for our souls. We've got to start thinking and start preparing now. Um, because again, this doesn't sound all bad, right? We've got a woman in our church who's mostly paralyzed, though not entirely, like 90% paralyzed, but she can still talk, but it's a struggle, still move, but it's very difficult. And so there's part of you that's like, boy, if you could give her an implant to help her maybe move better or talk better, you know, you'd be like, I can see why that would be enticing. Um, So it's not like this is some dark, dangerous technology. It's, It's being positioned as a, you know, a miracle, right? For a lot of people, these locked in, these afflicted ones, right? But is that still right? You know, um, because we've already advanced in some degree, right? We've accepted this at some level. We talked about organ transplants, knee transplants, and not to mention just a simple fact of like, oh, I take these supplements because it makes me my brain sharper or I have more energy. And I mean, yeah, where do you draw the line? Like you eat food to stay alive. Like what's wrong with taking supplements? I mean, even things like plastic surgery people do. I'm overweight and I need to lose weight. I'm going to get a tummy tuck. And, you know, all these sorts of things already exist and Christians are already doing it. Right. You know, so the pitch is going to be, well, you already have a knee replacement. You know, you already got that tummy tuck. You already take those supplements. You already but have a smartphone. That doesn't control you or give someone else access to your thoughts, to your your mind. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely a different level. But again, that's why we have to talk about it, right? How far is too far, or is there no limit? Go as far as 
we're allowed to go. And if it's too far, the Lord will come back. Is that the thought process, right? We've got to be proactive about this transhumanism topic. So what should we do about it as Christians? I think first, you need to be informed about this. You need to inform yourself about this. Um, so you can make sure that you're making an informed decision. I don't think that just makes sense. Uh, you know, again, you don't want to be the person who's being propagandized one way or the other. You know, you don't want to, if everybody on here tells us, ah, it's not a sin, it's God's will. And then the whole world gets it and you don't because you've been propagandized. Well, that's dumb. But if it is evil, like Nikki and I probably think it is, and you're listening to your favorite cable news host telling you how it's the greatest thing and, you know, Andy Stanley's telling you it's God's will and you're like, oh, I got a neural link. Like, all right. Yeah, there's going to be. Right, you're going to be propagandized if you're not informed on it. So we know the way the media, the political class in this nation are. If you aren't informed on a topic, they will misinform you on that topic. Mm -hmm. um, that is their goal. So, and then I think next you should be reaching out to your pastors um, and asking them to speak about this topic. Because like Nikki said, this, these aren't sci-fi novels anymore. This stuff is happening. It's going to be happening in your cities with people you know. Um, and if your pastor's not paying attention to it, he needs to pay attention to it. And he needs to be speaking to people about it. Because it's coming and it's coming soon, in my opinion. Um, so how should we pray about it? As Christians, we should be praying about everything. And I think we should pray that God would guide us in wisdom, guide us in faith, and that he would protect us from fear. Because I think a lot of, at least the way I picture this, is a lot of the arguments for not getting it are they're going to be pitched as fear-based type arguments. Oh, you're being oh, yeah. fearful. You're being... You're not informed. You don't know what you're talking about. All these sorts of things. So we need to pray that we don't give in to fear. Uh, I think we need to be making sound, rational decisions, not fear-based decisions. Because um, even today, right? I mean, so much of what we do in our nation and even in our church is fear-based. So we need to try to get ahead of that and be faith-based. So pray for those things, wisdom and knowledge, resist fear, study the word of God and, you know, just trust that your faith and your knowledge will be increased, I think. So. Yeah. And I was just thinking of that uh, verse in Daniel 12, four <laughs> um, to it says many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Um, just talking about the end times. Like, is this, is this the knowledge we're going to have knowledge, shared knowledge. It's going to increase, or does that mean something else? I don't know. I haven't studied this in We're context. all so smart that nobody thinks anymore. We um, just have thoughts dumped into our I personally, links. I personally just don't think God is going to allow this to go as far as we've discussed it could go. Not saying the chip isn't going to happen but as far as we're thinking it could go, I I just personally don't think God's going to allow it. Um, yeah, I mean, he could. Could not allow it. I mean, we'll have to see. Obviously, I'm <clears throat> sort of given to the conspiracy theory mindset. I tend to go far with these. But this one, I think just if what these people are saying is true at all, you just like, But this would have yikes. to be 
the mark of the beast. Like it would have to be. Um, because, I mean, I, I know it says like you can't buy it or sell um, without the mark. Um, and I know it says like on your hand or forehead. I don't know. Maybe the chip will be moved. <laughs> Maybe into you your get hand. tap to pay on your Neuralink and you just like smack your head against the <laughs> register. I think it's on the back here. It'd be awesome. Anyway, um, but, yeah. Uh, I just think this would have to be like this. Seems like the furthest we go in science. Like, I don't see it going further than tapping into people's minds. Um, I like think this is the the end. Well, that's because of... you're not thinking about when they put your consciousness on a hard drive and upload it into your armored core wingsuit well, and you fly to Mars. light of the gospel <laughs> going forth, okay? Um, if the, if we're to the well, point where... Just think, because that's going to be a way that this gets pitched. I guarantee it. The the Andy Stanley's uh, of the world. You can download the gospel to people's minds? What? Yeah, you can tether your mind and share the gospel with the whole world. That's true. Simultaneously. It's a beautiful thing. Um Rick Warren will be telling you why women should be pastors all over the world, and you'll have yeah. nothing to do but to believe it. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff, but we can't be caught sleeping on this. So moving on from this into our Bible topic, because I think it fits quite well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think this Bible topic, this chapter, uh, we've been going through Mark Jones's book on knowing sin. And we're in chapter seven this week. And uh, that to- or that chapter is titled Sin's Alternative. And I think it's the perfect chapter for thinking about Neuralink and this sort of stuff. Um, because again, Neuralink's promise, what they told us early on in those videos, you know, they have these lofty goals down the road, but right now their goal and what they're focused on is removing the afflictions, right? Removing right. the problems and burdens of this life that people deal with. And this chapter, chapter seven, was dealing with two things, sin and affliction. Mm-hmm. It was kind of juxtaposing those two against each other. And uh, early on in the chapter, Jones quotes Jeremiah Burroughs, a uh, Puritan p- pastor, writer. And Burroughs says, face between choosing the smallest sin versus the greatest affliction, which should the ch- uh, Christian choose? And Burroughs states, any affliction is to be chosen rather than any sin. That there is more evil in any sin, the least sin, than in the greatest affliction. Mm-hmm. So again, that makes me think of Neuralink and sort of this promise to remove these certain afflictions. You know, but if removing those afflictions comes at the cost of even the least sin, even if getting a Neuralink is a small sin, it should be avoided. Right. So I have to think, how is it a sin? Um, Seeing its potential sin, even though they don't market it in a way, but we're aware of the sinful things that could be done through it. Um, We have to say, because there's potential sinfulness that could be done with it, um, we... We have to say no. We have to reject it. Right. If if it is a sin, even if it be a small sin, right, 
But then again, that's why it has to be discussed, right? Because if they say, well, I had knee pain and got a knee surgery, that was removing that affliction. Did I sin? Should I have avoided the knee surgery? Right? It's a difficult thing to discuss, I think, um, in all circumstances. Um, but if it is a sin, right, it should be avoided at all costs, um, even if you might continue to suffer. Because uh, uh, scripture, we see that afflictions can be used to our eternal benefits. Second mm-hmm. um, Corinthians chapter four, verse sixteen and seventeen, uh, Paul writes: "So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away; our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." Yeah, so our outer self is going to waste away. (laughs) I'm just thinking of like, we're going to waste away. Like this chip isn't going to stop us from aging. Um, Maybe it'll keep our organs going. I don't know. This whole thing about it making you live longer, but how ugly everybody's going to (laughs) be. How old? Well, that's when you get into an altered carbon state, right? They're just cloning or growing your bodies in a lab and sticking your conscience in it. Oh, because um, your body your just body. gets too old. So, right? okay. Well, I maybe see. Planned Parenthood will find a thriving business in organ harvesting and um, from, you know. We can see how they all work together. Yeah. This goal. Must be the World Economic Forum running this show. But um, Paul goes on here, if you want to read, honey, Romans 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be to be revealed in us. Yeah, that's well, something says to revealed think about. To us. Oh, to us. Elon Musk is going to reveal it in us through Neuralink. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, right. So we never read in Scripture of this equivalent with sin. You know that somehow sin is leading us into glory, or that mm-hmm. sin is for our benefit. We read about it, we just read some verses about how affliction does lead us to glory, but we never see that with sin. In fact, we see the exact opposite when it comes to sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So, you know, the idea, right, is sin is always to be avoided, though affliction can be used to draw us closer to God. Um, Mm -hmm. Jones writes about this. He says, rightly choosing affliction over sin takes the long look to the wages of each. Sin leads to death and torment, but affliction leads to life and glory. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is a sure sign of your faith. I think this is one of those maybe internal testimonies of your faith. Like if you truly believe in heaven, you read the Bible, you believe it, you believe in a heaven, uh, glory, eternity in God's sight, right? You're going to be in the presence of God, all of that. Then you should be willing to put up with the momentary sufferings in this life Mm -hmm. for your assurance of eternal glory in heaven. You know? Yeah. So I was just going to say, if they... If we know 
um, the, you know, that whole idea you talked about with them storing your consciousness and putting it in another body, they're preventing you from going on into the presence of God. They're stopping you from going to heaven. Well, right. And that's a discussion I don't know that we have a lot, especially in the church, right? I mean, the verse, you know, those who endure to the end will be saved. Um, you don't get a and, second life. You don't get another body. But even with that, like, if the goal is to um, hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, that's the goal, right? We all generally in our human be, you know, human why self, we want to live a long life, you know. Well, why put that off? But yeah, to put that off indefinitely, potentially yeah. forever. So you're saying, I want to endure forever and think that I um, won't fall away. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't want to test that. I, I want to go when, I mean, but at the same time, God has all of our days numbered. Right. This is more of a mindset thing. You know, you're not going to subvert God's, we actually were just talking about this yesterday in church, his sovereign will. Right. You know, your days are numbered. Um, but this is your own personal mindset of like, yeah, I want to live for 600 years. And you're like, you think you're going to endure for 600 years? Good luck, dude. Right. Um, because right. Is your faith really assured in your salvation? If you will choose sin over affliction. And I would question it. If you're like, look, I'm willing to walk this road of sin, um, and I'll probably still make it to heaven. Like, I don't know if your faith is all that sound. Uh, yeah. You know, but if you're willing to suffer the affliction because you have faith that eternity awaits you, then I would be like, yeah, that's a sound faith. Um, mm -hmm. So Jones says in here in this chapter, sin cannot in itself bring forth good but affliction can when received by faith. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on and says, when we live by faith, we can accept our afflictions, but the person living by faith can never accept sins. Um, yeah, that's really good. I mean, that's a message there. that probably the church, I mean, all the affirmation preachers in the country right now need to hear. Um, a person living by faith cannot accept sin. Yeah, we have like, so many in our country who claim to have a faith that are more than happy to accept sin. Yeah, like we can welcome afflictions because we know they're used to sanctify us or draw us near to God, but sins never use that way. They're never good. There's nothing good in sin. It's never going to no, work in your favor. Us, even affirmation, <clears throat> pre all these people, the problem is we don't understand sin. We don't see sin the right. way it truly is. And that's why I think Jeremiah. Jer Jeremiah Burroughs is right. Even the least sin, like we don't see the eternal spiritual consequence of sin. So we just ignore them, right? It didn't hurt me. It didn't call, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but if we saw the full weight of sin against a holy and perfect God, then maybe we would recognize that. So our problem is our view. We don't understand or see or believe sin to be as bad as the scriptures tell us it is. And mm -hmm. You know, even on this topic, right, like me and Nikki fully understand that, you know, in the world of what is affliction, afflicting people all around the world, like we're very blessed. We're relatively healthy by and large. Um, so there may be many people out there that are like, you wouldn't understand, right? Mm -hmm. We're not the lady in our church who's 
mostly paralyzed. Like, how could we understand her plight? Um, and we can't really, you know, we can look at her and think about what we would do and that sort of stuff. So that's why I'm generally curious, you know, when it comes to things like Neuralink, um, I have my thoughts, of course, Nikki has her thoughts. And, um, I think both of us sitting here, we haven't really necessarily dis discussed this fully just on our own, but I'm pretty sure we both believe, uh, that Neuralink, um, what they are hoping it to be is a sin. I, that's the way I feel today, but I've heard the same before. And I think it fits here. I don't necessarily want to be right on that. Um, I want Christendom, all of it to get this right, whether it means I'm right or I'm wrong and I'm corrected and I come to a better understanding. Like, so if we're off base, this is why we're asking for comments and, um, people's responses on this. If we're off base on this, please let us know why. Because we do have our thoughts. We do think it sounds sinful when it's, you know, pushed to the extreme, right? The initial plan of we're going to remove your blindness and burdens. You're like, okay, I get that that sounds nice. But we're seeing it to its, you know, full, you know. It's just his other reason there. with the AI taking over. So we need to be able to combat it. Like that doesn't. Right. I mean, that's well the stuff that me. freaks us out. Right. So, but we do want to hear from you guys because again, I'm not claiming to be the transhumanist, uh, savant here that understands all of it. It raises so many questions though. And these questions need to be asked. Yeah. And, um, so I think, yeah, we want to hear from you guys, please. But just making our way still through this chapter here, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Burroughs, he's quoted again in here and he says, should we commit a small sin to save the whole world or closer to home, a loved one? The answer to protest what seems right in our own eyes must be an emphatic no. And then Jones adds to the end of that quote, I think perfectly, otherwise sin would then have the glory. Mm. Um, and I think this is going to be something Christians wrestle with. They have a, a loved one particularly, who is ailing from something that Neuralink may be able to cure. So what do they do? Um, if it is a sin, they, would they should reject it, even though their loved one suffers and might get help otherwise. Um, because again, uh, I think this is a real consideration, you know, with Neuralink, uh, when these afflictions or whatever they are, they get cured. Who's going to get the glory for it? So if we determine that Neuralink's a sin, but Neuralink gets the glory for helping cure your blindness and all these sorts of things, like we already see how much sort of respect and deference is paid to the medical community. You know, a lot of times Christians will pay lip service to God for medical advancements and stuff like this. Um, but it's the doctors and the medicine that even today get the glory. So why would Neuralink be any different? And if it is a sin, right, then we're giving sin glory that should be due to God. What greater sin is there than stealing God's glory? <laughs> um, so it needs to be discussed. That's what my main thought that I keep coming back to is why aren't more people talking about this? Um, we need to hear about this sort of stuff because these are the real life things people are going to be wrestling with. It may not be you necessarily that gets a neural link because you're relatively healthy and strong, 
It might be your sister. It might be your wife who has MS. It might be whatever, right? And now you're wrestling with, because again, we saw this just over the last few years. A lot of people who didn't want experimental medical trials, but they had a child in the hospital that they wanted to go and see, or, you know, a loved one that they had to do, um, you know, things against their own conscious conscience in order to get visitation and access and all these sorts of things we've seen exist and people have made these decisions. Why would this be any different? Yeah, I just think, and this is the conspiracy theorist in me. That's the how part of I love. Everybody is so sick um, physically. Autoimmune diseases, um, allergies that people used to not have. I'm just saying... Our food is all the GMOs and um, everything. I mean, even with vaccines messing up our bodies. Um, everybody is dealing with some kind of sickness, an allergy, a disease. And that this everybody's is... Everybody's a prime candidate for Neuralink. I'm saying, how timely. <laughs> I think it was all planned. <laughs> so... Here at the end of this chapter, though, there's a, another Puritan named Richard Sibbs, and uh, I think he left us there with a good reminder. He said, choosing suffering over sin is better because all sin involves suffering anyways. It is better to go bruised into heaven than sound into hell. Amen. Um, so again, on that conspiracy theory brain, like Nikki said, um, this may just be my overactive imagination, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, my thought on this was, would you rather be freed from your affliction, whatever that is that Neuralink's going to cure you from? You're cured from your affliction in a North Korea-like state that controls your Neuralink, um, your thoughts, all these sorts of things, or keep your affliction, but be free to rely on God, free to believe in God. And really free to live according to your own conscience. Because um, our mind is who we are. Um, and God gives us grace, like with Paul. Like, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. So that's just where, what I think. And you might go, you're being crazy, right? Those are extremes. It doesn't have to be the extremes. You're right. It doesn't have to be. But it could be. Uh, and the worst time to find out which one it is, uh, is when it turns into the North Korea like state and you go, Oh yeah, that, that is what it turned out to be. That's awful. Right. So, um, I think this is stuff we can't really dismiss anymore. Like she said, it's not a sci-fi novel. Um, it's around the corner, gene editing, all that sort of stuff is happening now. People are willing to do this. That's how we know it's going to happen because people, a lot of people aren't afraid of it. I mean, a lot are literally, nervous about it like we are, but there's a lot of people who jump on board with it, even if they're not in any affliction. Yeah. I mean, their affliction is not having Neuralink. So they're going to get that fixed. So um, do you have any final thoughts here on Neuralink or just sin, affliction, kind of what we talked about here? Um, Not really. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, obviously Neuralink was the, the topic of the day here, but um, I even Neuralink aside, I mean, we're inundated with sin. 
everywhere. And we all capitulate sins at different times. And I think we really need to come to grip with what sin is um, and what affliction is. And I mean, that's a hard thing to, to talk about that we need to, I don't know, somehow find a way to praise God in our afflictions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's just, I mean, it's pride month, right? Um, these are sins that people tell you are unfair. They're born this way, all this sort of stuff. And it typically leads to them walking away from God and, or whatever it happens to be, or going to a church that tells them they're perfectly comfortable in this sin instead of the proper message, which should have been, it's okay to suffer. It's okay to be afflicted. We're supposed lean, to lean into God, carry one another's burdens. And if nobody has a burden, nobody needs anybody else. They just, they have all knowledge. There's no reason for fellowship either, for being the hands and feet of Jesus and serving one another because nobody needs anybody. No. So even Neuralink aside, just normal day-to-day life and sin and affliction, these are things we should be wrestling with, um, trying to pray to understand the seriousness of sin and also praying to to kind of see the beauty in our afflictions um, because they're there for a reason. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we got it figured out <laughs> at all, but uh, pray for us that we would. So um, that's all we really have on the topics there. Again, for our sermon recommendation, it's just going to be the video that we were talking about here. Christians talking about transhumanism on Remnant Radio. Go give it a listen. There's some good stuff in there, interesting stuff. And then, uh, of course, we'll be back next Saturday. Um, Not sure what we're going to talk about then. Uh, We'll see what the the world throws at us. But um, come give us a listen on the podcast all through the month of June. We're sort of, uh, we've taken a step away from the book of Luke for our daily devotionals. And we're just focused on speaking against the sin of pride. Um, That's what we're focusing on for the entire month of June. So come give those a listen. And otherwise, we will see you guys next Saturday. God bless.